and welcome to Sudbury Scrub, a 40k podcast for the Sudbury community season 5. This is actually attempt number 2 at the interview with Sean Mulder. A bunch of you probably saw that I posted up an interview for with Sean um, like a week ago and then took it down. And that's because unfortunately Sean and I only ended up actually getting 3 minutes of the whole half hour conversation inputted correctly onto this thing uh, unfortunately the program cut out before i realized anything so when i closed it off i thought oh well this is fine i put it up and people are like uh davis this, this cuts out after three minutes i'm like ah so technical issues now are aside i have fixed things up i am now really on top of everything for it um which is why the other ones you guys have heard since then which has been from the space wolf review forward have been all resolved and fixed so we're going to try this again. Uh, Sean, for the second time, you get to introduce yourself for uh, the Grinning Demon and for uh, the and for this for the Sudbury Scrub for this Spotlight series. <laughs> yeah. So yes, I'm Sean. You will probably know me as a local towel player. I am living in Sudbury these days, but I am originally from Cambridge, Ontario. So I am a way out from where I was originally. Yeah, and I think the last time that we chatted, I'd never really actually got the chance to really ask how you found the difference between, uh, how much of a difference you found between down south and up here. Honestly, I really wouldn't really know. Because I started 40K up here, actually. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, well, there There's we go. There's a local store that I know in Cambridge. I went there a couple times, never really got to play because I'm always up here these days. <laughs> well, hey, we appreciate having you up here for sure. So, um, when you've, since you've been up here, I know I've seen you at a number of the tournaments in the past. Usually you and I, we really just get a chance to kind of see each other during the BPO or during some kind of tournament like that. And I know you've always... Uh, you've always tried to make Tau work. I think you and Aaron have had two or three matches so far in like round one or round two. No, 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 no. That was you. You faced off against Scary two First times. and second BPO. Both the, times. Oh my, that it had to be. I mean, Scary's such a great guy to have a game with. And I. Oh, yes. Yeah, that had to be a, a, a real. I've actually never had a chance to play against him at a tournament venue. Uh, the like you know, literally the first time I fought him, I was like, "Oh, you gotta be kidding me!" First tournament, yeah, against the best in Canada. It's like, <laughs> 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 but a learning experience every time you get to do oh, that. It was an amazing learning experience. Yeah, and when you get and he is he's a gentleman as well, which is just makes it. Um, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna recount a little story about Scar if you guys ever get a chance to play against him as well. Which is, there was one time I was watching his game and I, I he had a model set to the side because it had been destroyed. I think it was his Forge World, it was his Forge World, um, a big Forge World Dark Eldar boat thing, and I backed into it and it fell onto the floor and I was worried the whole thing smashed into a million pieces. I'm like. Oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, I'm so sorry. And he's just like, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it, Davis. It's all okay, it's great. Hey, Davis, you look like you're a little frustrated right now. Can I get you something? And I'm like, come on, you're that nice a guy? No way. <laughs> wow. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, uh, Sean, you know, you've been, you've been at the BPO. You were at Saltfest 2020. 
Um, I know you've been really working hard to make Tau work, especially yep. with, uh, you know, I know that you really love flyers and stuff like that. How much experience have you been able to gain for ninth edition, what with COVID and everything going on? Honestly, uh, all about said and told about half a dozen matches, really. About half a dozen? That's not bad, though. Not bad, considering. Yeah. And considering my work schedule. Oh, man. It it can be a a real challenge trying to balance uh, life and gaming. (laughs) Hey, that's the truth. Absolutely. And have you kind of found any little uh, tips or tricks for people that play Tau? Honestly, we have relatively easy access to a 4-up invul. Use it. That's a good point. 4-up invuls aren't super common unless you're like Space Marines or something. Even their Storm Shields, which used to always be a 3-up invul, are only a 4-up now. So if you got good access to 4-ups, absolutely. The only problem makes it, though, is that you have to sacrifice, if it's on a crisis suit, a third of your shooting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. What, what kind of invul does the shield drone give you? Is the shield drone has the standard four up invul with a five up feel no pain, but is a two up intercept. And then it kind of takes tanks all the damage. Actually, it tanks yep. it tanks it all and reduces it to one. Yep. You have the the ten damage weapon shoot at you. Okay, that's only one mortal wound on a shield drone that you couldn't take out. Which you might ignore. Now ignores it. Oh, man, that's dirty. That's dirty. <laughs> dirty, yes. But it's the only way we survive, really. Well, that's it. Dirty but necessary. And I've actually, I've told a few folks in town, since you told me about that, how, like, that is one of the big things going, gunning for Tau still. Uh, there's one uh, new player in town. I told him, hey, look, this is what I've heard is one of the ways to go, is to just make sure you got those enough drones to help protect the rest of your forces whilst they do things. The only problem is you can't have too many drones in because you won't be able to do enough. That's right. It's, it's all a about very balance. fine balance, which is, honestly, I mostly use my shield drones these days to protect the Riptide on turn one, because if I go second, the Riptide only has a five-up invul instead of a three-up invul. Yeah. Yeah. And then and it's got to tank... All those drones, you, like you said, you don't want to have so many shield drones that it's like, well, I could just take a second Riptide. Yeah. But, 10 drones is 150 points wow. for shield drones. So, um, obviously, I'm like a lot of folks that have had, the, I've had the pleasure of having a, an interview with for this series. A lot of them are kind of known for playing a certain secondary faction. You're known for playing Tau, so... I figure, you know, you are going to be using them for the Grinning Demon. But why don't you tell us why it is that you got into Tau and why they are the force that you like to take with you to these events? Well, I start... My first foray into Warhammer 40k and as a whole was through Dark Heresy. So I started learning the Warhammer lore and we there was enough people on the within that group of friends... We also played Warhammer 40k on the tabletop, so they would talk about it when we were waiting or in between waiting for rolls to go through, and like I was learning more about that, and like they always said, never play Tau. I have other friends who are like, fuck the Tau. <laughs> and it's literally like, 
I'm gonna go mess with all of them. <laughs> How like a Tau player of you? <laughs> well, it also kind of is how I do things in general because I do believe, like, if you're in a position to help, go do it. The greater good. For the greater good. Yeah, and you know what? That that ability is still uh, still very effective. It's the only free Overwatch in the game, I believe. I believe so too. Not as good as it used to be, but it's still useful. So actually, you know, talking about that, and this is a difference between our last interview and this one. Since then. I got to do um, a little game where I took out my Chaos Space Marines for, I think, the first time this edition, and it was some obliterators that I put into uh, some defensible cover. And wow, getting the option to Overwatch on 5-up was a really big deal. Is that anything at all that um, is something that kind of goes through your mind while you're setting things up on, on the table now? Well, if I wanted to free 5-up Overwatch, I'd play Towcepts, but I find that the other options are better for what I need to do. Such as Sakia Sept, which is one free reroll on a hit roll for every unit. That's a... that... It was such a good ability, they removed it from the Space Marines. So, since Tau have either access to a lot of volume of fire, or quality of fire it makes the quality of fire just that little bit better if i were with my riptide with its main gun that's six shots mm -hmm. three of those are gonna hit statistically i'm almost always gonna have reroll ones that still leaves one or two hits that would miss and it's just like okay i'll reroll this one and that gives that that's a, a much better rate of conversion once you take that reroll ones into consideration absolutely and at that point it's almost always gonna wound so getting that free damage roll in is nice basically 100 percent, absolutely so uh, are you going to the greening demon here to try to take the event are you going to try to win or do you have some other reason that you like to attend these events they're mostly for fun but if i can take it i'll take it <laughs> um is there like are, for this one here like uh, when it is for fun, like why? Why is it that you find it so enjoyable to go? Well, you fight people you don't necessarily would have fights before because of distance or time, and then you also see all the other very well painted armies. Oh yeah, seeing everyone's the work everyone puts into it, especially when you only see them so infrequently, and you see some of the new additions they did they've made. It looks really great. Actually, you know, um, I'm trying to think of your army right now. Do you have any of those little, like, plastic bits that are colored and you, you like, kind of techy? Uh, what do you mean? Uh, I've seen it recently on some of the other channels right now. Um, and it looks, I, I don't know if they're printed or what, or if they're, like, muzzle flashes or stuff like that. It almost looks like little clear pieces of plastic with a coloring oh. agent i know what you're talking about i've honestly the best ones that i've seen are just full out clear stealth suits <laughs> i saw that one today which wasn't even clear so it was an empty base with the title oh yes that is also beautiful <laughs> i'm half tempted to do that <laughs> Uh, but it's got to be for the dual diamond. But we'll get into that one shortly. So, 
Um, for this event, since you are going to try to take every game that you can, um, what would you say is the biggest thing working in your favor for this event? Eh, honestly, if the, the enemies I'm facing doesn't have involves and it's a big model, well, that big model's melted. Oh, so kind of like going for melted gun, fusion gun, stuff like that. You're figuring your no, actually. Oh no. It's just I have that much strength in that one gun on the Riptide that it tends to melt. While oh. my flyers have... The Barracuda has a the Cyclic Iron Blaster, which is one of the more infamous tower weapons, because that can be overcharged to a strength 8, dealing D3 wounds. Oh, wow. Oh, so you're still playing on bringing the Barracuda. I, I know with the Forge World changes, I wasn't 100% sure, because I know, it, I think, it, what, it's gone down in Ballistic Skill... And, but but I think it's gone, gone down cheaper. in points, right? It. I did the math. I lose a shot on average for the Cyclic Ion Blasters. Yeah. But I gain more with the main gun, which is a Strength 6 AP1 D1. It's, this, it's just a slightly weaker version of the Heavy Burst Cannon on the Riptide. Oh, that is, that's pretty sexy. Yeah, and we already all know how deadly that thing is. Oh, it is a beast it is a beast it's the whole reason why trip uh trip triptide is a thing because that gun on the riptide is uh is rude <laughs> it is it's rude all right oh yeah uh, the ion accelerator that specifically the amplified ion accelerator is evil oh because well. i in the salt fest i fought and i was like wait how much damage did you do because I'd always overcharge it. It's because on its normal profile, the amplified on accelerator goes from a strength 8 EP5, 3 <laughs> flat damage, and it goes to strength 9 and adds a D3 extra damage. Oh my. Yeah, that's going to uh, melt some Marines. Absolutely. Marines, tanks, if it doesn't have an invul, well, you just have a pile of slag. And even then, if it's an invul, like only a five-up invul, there's a good chance they fail. Oh, yeah. So on the flip side, then, what would you say is the biggest thing that's holding you back at this tournament? Eh, well, a bit. it's a bit different now because with the point changes, I was able to squeeze in one more unit. That's a big I deal. I didn't have before, so I have five more models on the board, so... Taking objectives is a slightly easier now. Okay, well that's good. I only say slightly because it's still only five models with the four up invul. I mean, <laughs> not four up invul, four up save. So you figure the secondary options for you are going to be kind of one of your biggest, one of the biggest weaknesses that you're going to be presented with. Because I mean, Marines they don't give up secondaries. Let's face it. True. But I'm not taking secondaries that involve enemies as much as I can, unless it's literally slay as many t vehicles as possible, which is fairly easy. Nice. So because what? I can easily take the the what is it? not line breaker the engage, engage on all fronts. fronts. I can easily take that all <laughs> the time. Yeah, yeah, and that does apply with flyers, doesn't it? Yes, line breaker doesn't. But engaging on all fronts, well, hey, I got a fire here, a fire there, a fire there, my rest of my army in these two quadrants. Yeah. 
So would you say that that is your favorite secondary to take? Definitely. And that's just because you get kind of almost your own control over it. It's something that you can score every turn if you build your army towards it. Mm-hmm. And another one, now that I got the those five more models in, is deploy scramblers. I can actually deploy scramblers fairly easily now. Because beforehand, I had to rely on my stealth suits for that to try and get into the enemy deployment zone. That's not always possible, because they're still easy enough to take out, even with a 4-up involve. Mm-hmm. But with my new model, which is something you don't see often with Tau, is the alien auxiliaries. No. The Vespid. Oh no! As soon as you said alien auxiliaries, I'm like, oh no, What? this is what it is. You're taking Vespids. Oh man. They deep strike. They deep strike. And they're infantry. <laughs> oh, so they're, they're action monkeys for you. Yeah, it's literally like, okay, I need one more objective this turn to get hold more, take more, and whatever. And it's like, okay, that objective no one's on. Hello, boys. So, Sean, I, I've got to ask, because your confidence between a week ago when we were interviewing and now is, is night and day. What changed? Just that little extra squeezing through, I think. It because... just. Like, some, we, uh, honestly, a bunch of us on the Tau Discord server still feel like a bunch of our stuff is still relatively overpriced. Mm-hmm. And f- especially Forge World, naturally. Mm-hmm. But just squeezing in those little changes, doing the math on that, just getting, yeah, I had to do a small amount of sacrifices, but I was doing all the math on that, and I was like, well, I don't need this. I can trim these just to get 10 extra points by changing two models to a different type. And there's a squad of Vespid. Wow. Well, you, you sound really excited for it. I'm really, really hoping that this really produces those results you're hoping for. Because it, you sound like you're reinvigorated on, on it. And that's always fantastic to hear. So yeah, I didn't even realize it myself until I started talking about it. <laughs> so, for the Grinning Demon... Um, there is that unique painting requirement uh, for the uh, dual diorama. Is uh, I, for myself, I I intend to try to take part in it if the event continues. Um, is this something that you're looking to take part in? Oh yes, especially considering the two models I'm going to be using. One of them is my the Sun Shark Bomber, and because I'm going to be doing a dogfight simulation, essentially. Oh, wow. That is a cool idea. And using my Barracuda, which in the time between the two interviews on the Tile Discord server actually won the painting contest on it. Wait a sec, you've already put this together? Oh, the Barracuda? Oh, you had a, you no, had a painting the Barracuda contest? Itself, last at the Salt Fest, it wasn't painted. I didn't have time to paint it. And since that, you've got it painted, and you won, uh, you already won uh, a painting contest with it. Yeah, it was just like, present the model, and it came out on top on the server. And it was just like, well, that's a surprise. Congratulations. Thanks. Well, I, it sounds like you are going to be one of the pieces, one of the competitions to beat for this dual diorama. So I'm really looking forward to seeing uh, this 
this dogfight in action. I think it's going to be a lot of fun to see that. Um, any lists at the event that you're hoping to get a matchup against or anything that you're hoping to be able to dodge out of the way of? Let's be honest, Marines are always something you want to avoid. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> I may not have plenty of anti-Marine weapons, but I have enough. Sounds like you got a few at least. For sure. Well, and so they're all everywhere. Oh yeah, but you know what? If you can plan for it, um, there was a great tactical article I saw posted by Nick Nanavati about how Space Marines tend to play. I, I'd recommend anybody listening, give, try to look that one up. It's from uh, uh, the Art of War studio, uh, and it gives some really good ideas for how Space Marines generally have a kind of a battle plan and how to kind of tackle that. Uh, Sean, I appreciate you. Uh, join me for a second time on this. Um, in between then and now, has anything else kind of popped your mind? Something that you want to bring up and chat about? Uh, other than what I brought up last time was keep wearing your masks. As, well, things are going downhill fast, it feels. Yeah, it definitely. It's been a, it's been a scary week for that. Um, I'm, I'm kind of hoping for a Hail Mary play on scene um the numbers really dropped this weekend so n next week i i really i don't want to have to cancel but i mean obviously no one, wants to cancel. no one wants to if i have to i will i know that'll leave an opening for it i'll try to provide as much notice as possible for folks because you know if there's somebody that is willing to go then that's great um but i mean absolutely you got to wear your mask you got to be as safe as possible try to do as much as possible so that uh you know you are a that you are responsible and that you are a good example for others. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Well, Sean, thanks again so much for joining us again. Uh, to everyone no else out there, thank you for listening through the whole series. It's been wonderful having you along for this trip. Keep on wargaming. Keep scoring those primaries. Welcome to Sudbury Scrub a 40k podcast for the Sudbury community season five and this evening i'm being joined by the very good gentleman mr tomas uh you know what i don't know how to say your last name J jaworski uh, jaworski and you can just go with uh, tom for the first name is fine awesome tom jaworski so i actually got the last name right which is I'm, that's, not bad. <laughs> that's rare that's what you people usually mess up so <laughs> <laughs> all righty so um Tom, thanks for joining me today. Hey, no problem, Davis. Uh, I I know we we're we're getting close to the end here. I think it's just yourself and like two other people that I got to interview, which I is good because so. I want to try to get this all said and done before Sunday. I want everyone to have their shot on the air. Mm -hmm. You got your list submitted? I do. Yeah, that's been uh, put in there for the last uh, couple of days. I've uh, been tweaking around with it, but I'm pretty confident what I'm uh, about to put in. So uh, I'm good to go with that. Awesome. Well, you know what? You probably know the drill now. I want you to go ahead and tell us about yourself because there's a lot of us here in Northern Ontario that haven't had a chance to meet up. Uh, I think you and I, uh, I think you and I have had one game before. I think I've had one game so. against your, your Death Guard. Um, yeah. I would assume that's what you're running this time, but I don't know. We'll get into that one. But go ahead, mm -hmm. let us know about you. Uh, so yeah, my name's uh, Tom Jaworski. I'm a player from here up in Sudbury. Uh, I've been playing now since uh, about September of 2017 or 18, I believe it was. 
and I play currently, I have Death Guard, I have an astro-militarum army that comprises mostly of just Scions and Stormtroopers, which is uh, super fun but uh, difficult to play at the moment, hmm. and I have uh, a Nurgle Demon army that I run for both 40k and AOS, so that's uh, a good little balance there of, uh, of armies, so... All hail the stinky lord. Mm-hmm, exactly. <laughs> Nurgle's my chosen god, so uh, I really enjoy the lore and the other uh, models with him. So, and uh, he's got some good rules on the table. You can pull off some good shenanigans with both Death Guard and Demons. So, really, uh, like how he feels. Well, uh, so right now, I know you. Uh, you, I've seen you at the Nook a few times. Usually, mm. battling it out with other salty Astartes. Yes. Uh, let me know. You know what? How much experience do you feel you've you've been able to garner? with ninth edition so far and you know what tell us a little bit about the salty astartes as well i think you're you're the the third one we've spoken with yeah so uh, i'm part of the salty astartes team here in town which is just a local gaming group with me uh myself um aaron feth jc demore and austin mcmurdy um and we play uh we try to play every friday uh, i'm pretty busy myself right now with work uh it's been all over the place and i work some pretty strange hours but i've uh, been trying to get in some good uh some good games on that so uh we try to get out with the community um austin's uh, all the guys that are part of the group are uh, really big on all parts of the, the game so on both playing the lore and the hobby aspect of it so it's uh, it's a really fun group of guys um austin himself has a lot of experience with tournaments and uh with how other teams have run events and stuff in the past so he's uh big on doing the grab bags and all that kind of stuff he usually spearheads all that kind of stuff with like uh, coasters and all that kind of stuff so uh it's been fun um, we, uh, yeah, we play there uh, as much as we can, so it's been good. Nice. And mm-hmm. so for the Grinning Demon, I know you were just mentioning you got a few armies. One of them is Demons, mm-hmm. and how it's really nice that you can kind of use Demons in either 40k or AOS. Very, yeah, it's very versatile in that way. Yeah. So what faction, which of these factions, now that you're, you're, you're submitted... And no one else can can use this information against you. So you you are free to go nuts with this. Exactly. <laughs> what faction are you playing uh, for the event? Uh, I'm going to be playing my Nurgle demons actually. Okay, the de- oh specifically the demons. Any yes. heretic Astartes backup support? Any Death Guard backup? Nope, no backup on that. I'm just playing Mono Demon Nurgle for right now. Um, my Death Guard are in kind of a, a weird place. I've been playing them for a while, a little bit burnt out on them. I, I don't really know how to run them kind of properly with everything that came out with War of the Spider in June. I didn't have a lot of experience with it mm-hmm. in both 8th and then now going into ninth. And uh, I wanted to back them into something that was a little bit more simple. Um, uh, just something that really focuses kind of on an objective-based game. And uh, with not a lot of moving parts, but with still enough going on that you can pull off some shenanigans, right? So not a lot of different troop choices. Um, and just a lot of things, it's easier to remember. Um, I haven't been able to get a ton of games in, like I said, just because of the, uh, the amount that I've been working. So I know that the, uh, the primary objectives are very important in this edition. So you can score quite a lot by just holding those uh, for a couple of turns, you know? Oh, yeah. And uh, I feel that Nurgle Demons are in a pretty good place to do that. they got some pretty good uh, choices um, to just kind of blob up. And uh, they have some uh, neat little tricks that they can pull off that uh, kind of negate some of the, the things that are big in the meta right now. So uh, I had a lot of frustration with my Death Guard playing against uh, Space Marines. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's just a lot going with them. Space Marines are a very powerful army with what they have going, um, especially with their doctrines and just the amount of troop choice that they have. And uh, I'm looking forward to Death Guard. They're getting a new codex actually fairly soon, so I'll be running them uh, once that comes out. Uh, and I feel they're going to get a big boost, but up until that point, I, feel like, uh, I thought I'd go with something that's a little more simple to play. 
and um, demons have some things that can kind of negate uh, the meta in that way that uh, marines are very high in AP and uh, they have a lot of ways to do that in multiple phases but demons can sort of ignore that because they're just vulnerable saves mm -hmm. and it's not an amazing one but a 5 plus is still you know a 33% chance of rolling on a save every time and uh, with their disgusting resilience on top of that um, you can really um, shrug off a lot of uh, small arms fire and a lot of the things that Marines can throw at you. So uh, I know that there's a really good mix of, of armies actually coming to the Grinning Demon. Um, not all of them being Marines, which is really refreshing. There's actually some Xenos, uh, some Chaos, and things like that. And uh, I feel that this the list that I have going on is going to be a really good balance on that. So, well, you know, it's it's it. you know, it's kind of inter interesting because I think one of the main things people have taken with the Death Guard with War of the Spider is there some guy that he gives a 5-up invul aura and it's like wow look you have these guys that are 5-up invul with a 5-up feel no pain isn't that amazing it's like yeah but can't you just play plague bears and get almost it's the exact same you. thing like that's kind of was my feeling on that and uh i'm, I'm glad to hear that's what you're doing because i mean that was the big thing about Nurgle in the last edition, when they were trying to play ITC version, right? Which was a real different beast. But even then, yeah. the army was all about just being all over the board. And you just exactly. couldn't, you, you know, maybe you weren't going to kill enough of them. They, they mm -hmm. were going to try to equal you on the kill more. They weren't actually going to try to beat you on kill more. But exactly. they were going to try to beat you on hold more. Well, guess what? Now, that's the whole game, is holding exactly. more. <laughs> So, and there's uh, a lot of good ways of doing that. Like you said, like the last edition was very, uh, very killy, right? You were big on kill points, big on getting up in your enemy's face and uh, and tying them up and, and destroying other units. And this unit, is, is, is that's still prevalent in ninth. Um, but like you said, it's really big on the objective game. So that's kind of what I'm going to be going around and playing that with. Um, so as you can probably expect, I got a lot of big blobs of, uh, of Plague Bears. Mm -hmm. So I'm running two units of 25 uh, to give me that minus one to hit. Um, which is just monumentally good to have just a universal buff without having to really pay any extra points or CP for. Um, it's kind of unfortunate now with Ninth Edition that you can't buff that additionally. Like you're stuck at the minus one because there is ways to do it with Nurgle. But uh, the nice thing is, is you can kind of put that back on them fairly easily once their numbers go down. Mm -hmm. And you can bring their uh, players back from the dead in uh, a couple different ways. So their numbers are boosted up pretty easily. And they're again, they're pretty hard to shift. So I've got two units of 25 um, with full command on them. So And they have plague banners as well. So that gives them a little bit more damage output. Uh, just gives them two damage instead of one on one turn. Um, and then I have another unit of 15 just to kind of hold the, uh, the back objectives and just kind of... Uh, you know, screen things out uh, for deep striking and or with uh, with things like that, right? Uh, so on top of that, I've got Nurglings, which are fantastic this edition in both Death Guard and with Demons. Um, they're just really, really hardy for what they are. I mean, they're not exceedingly tough, but they still get that 5-up involved. And uh, they've got some really good movement shenanigans uh, in that they can kind of deploy upward the field before the game starts. And they can get onto and hold objectives before enemy can even get on them uh, in the first turn. So you can get some really good point scoring and positioning um, early. And they're easy to forget about sometimes because they're very small models, right? So it's, uh, they're, I like them. And they're, they're just thematically fun, right? Nerdlings are just a good time uh, all around. For sure. So, so uh, I got three units of four with them. Uh, which is a pretty good little blob of, uh, of stuff going there. 
And then to fill up the rest of my list, I have two units of Plague Drones, and I have a Demon Prince of Chaos with uh, Malefic Talons, and he's got some Psychic Spells just to kind of sit and buff up the Plague Bearers. And he's got a relic that also allows him to bring plague bearers back that he kills in uh, in combat. So if he kills model on a four plus, he brings one back to a unit within seven inches of him. So it's a real good way to keep the unit hardy and still going. And uh, he's got some good ways of buffing as well because he gets the loci for uh, um, uh, Nurgle demons. So on a six up, they get more damage. So plague bearers can throw out some pretty decent uh, decent hits if they need to. Um, they don't have a very high AP, but when you're starting to stack that damage, you don't have to get many, many of them sneaking through to, uh, to really start causing some hurt, right? So. For sure. So, um, with this event then, mm-hmm. it sounds like you're really, you, you've really devoted a lot of time to trying to figure out your list and trying to figure mm-hmm. out the I've stuff that's strong. As well there. I, I just uh, didn't get the chance to go over it. So. Oh, no, no, that's okay. We're not, we're not doing a list review here. It's all okay. fine. <laughs> um, but... It is so like, but since you do sound like you're you are really you are really focused on this, yeah. is your main intention here trying to come to win the event, or is there some no, other thing that you're to coming to, to try to do? Just trying to compete, I think, and uh, I just want to like have some good games and uh, you know have uh, some decent matchups. I know there's some really good players coming, and uh, I want to be able to actually put up a decent uh, a decent contest for people, right? And uh, hopefully, if, if I can win, I can win. That'd be great. But uh, like I said, I didn't. Have, I don't have a lot of experience, so with ninth especially, so you know, a wrong move here or there could uh, could cost me that. So yeah. we'll see. My attention sometimes tends to wander, so we'll see what happens with that. But that's but, uh, yeah, that's a good point that you I bring. Guess when you're going to event is always to win, but uh, my main intention is to have fun at the first and foremost, right? So, but that's a good point that you bring up is that your intention is to go and to be a good opponent. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's... I'll try to put that on. I'm sorry. I always try to put that on and uh, and to put on a good game. You know, that's uh, that's important to me is to have fun. Yeah, right? and uh, a big part of that is to have a good opponent across the table for me, right? So, I I fully agree with that. Fully agree mm-hmm. because I think bring your best, especially to a competitive event, mm-hmm. is you're actually showing your opponent respect. Yeah, absolutely. So, what and, would you say? And I'm putting forth best effort on that too, right? I'm actually going to try and if I get. You know, I get beat by a list that's much better than mine. Then I'm confident in that. You know what I was doing is uh, it was it was a good matchup, right? And uh, I feel good about that at the end of the day. So, hundred mm-hmm. percent. So, what would you say is the biggest is going to be your biggest strength going into this tournament? And at the same time, what would you then say is your biggest weakness? Um, well, like we've gone over uh, previously, I think my biggest strength with this is going to be the number of units that I have that can hold board control. Um, that's going to be a really key thing with this. Because you've got these units of 25. And uh, keep scoring on them every turn. Um, a big disadvantage going into it is I don't have a lot of AP or shooting or uh, things of that nature. And uh, Blast is a nasty weapon in this uh, edition. Right, so uh, you got things like knights or things that show up with those rapid fire battle cannons. They're getting full shots off. That's uh, <laughs> a lot of hurt that can go into those plague bears. So well, I was just going to say, kind of worry me on that. There's a lot of armies that can field things like that. So I was just going to say, you you've got a lot of units that have uh, over ten uh, models, mm-hmm. and so you're probably very vulnerable to blast. But I mean, hopefully, we're going to see the lists soon. I haven't seen them post yet. They haven't been released quite yet. No, not quite yet. And I'm curious then, are we going to see a whole lot of blast? Because I have a feeling we're not, in which case you are just going to be laughing. That would be fantastic if that was the case. Um, I know it is sneaking around here and there. Um, the Horde hasn't been a big thing with the meta so far. 
Um, and that was another thing, the reason why I was taking this list. I wanted to try something else that was different. And um, I feel like it, it, everyone's like, oh, you know, Blast, you shouldn't be taking that. And I'm like, well, nuts to that. Let's give it a try and see how it goes. Nuts to it. Well, uh, I, I'm very interested to see what the list looked like. There's a lot of diversity with them too. So, Well, I think you actually kind of point out the ones that everyone was really scared about, which would be battle cannons, right? Um, knights with their all their weapons being Blast. Yeah, majority, uh, and which is uh, frag missile but launchers. On the flip side, that does make them weak, uh, vulnerable to units that can tie them up because they can't shoot into combat with them. No, so but that, at the same time, none of those things, so. none of those things are really anything that we've seen really jump into the meta. We haven't seen Not a really, whole ton no. of knights. We haven't seen a whole ton of frag missile launchers. We no. haven't seen a whole ton of guard with battle cannons. Or so. plasma cannons at the same time with space marines and uh, and or with uh, chaos and, and the like, right? So yeah. because plasma is also blast on larger, heavier variants of it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So so what would you say uh, is very your... interesting? Like you said, it's been a lot of uh, just volume of shock, mm -hmm. um, and uh, a lot of people focusing on keeping on those objectives. And I mean, space marines are great at that, right? And that could keep going back to that example, but they can throw out a lot of shots due to. Uh, even just intercessors, standard uh, marines, they can uh, put out a lot of fire in that way, right? And that's been a big advantage for them. But uh, Blast hasn't been very prevalent with that, so uh, it's going to be interesting to see. So that, there you go. So that's both both a strength and a weakness. Exactly. Yeah, it's a bit, again, a bit of a double-edged sword. So. Yeah. Well, I'll be I'll, I'm anxious to see how that turns out, because I'm not going to lie. I, I got a I got a few bodies on the field myself, so. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, you're playing GSC yourself. That's right. So, so I think there's a couple lists actually that are coming out that are going to be uh, more of a horde type army. We'll see what's meteor. going on with that. Um, <laughs> I think the board control is going to be a big thing this uh, this tournament. People are going to be really focusing on that. I think so. So, mm -hmm. what would be uh, with your list there? What's your favorite secondary objective to take? Um, I really like obviously engage on all fronts. That's uh, a pretty standard one across most of my lists. Um, being able to get up on uh, most of the board of like corners is quite easy in most cases, especially with things like nerglings and yeah. plague drones. You know that's that's not too too difficult to do. And uh, demons have the ability to deep strike units in, right? So you can bring in units in the back. You can summon. So you got some versatility with that with movement uh, to get around. So I really do enjoy that one. And uh, another one that I really like is raise the banners high um, because you keep scoring points as long as you keep the objective and. Some of your backfield ones, and if you're playing against an army that you can keep pushed back against you, you can just keep on, you know, three or four objectives and keep scoring points in return. Mm -hmm. And they just, I like stuff that generates points without having to really think about it. It's uh, one again because I lose attention sometimes, so it's kind of hard to pay attention across a lot of multiple facets. Um, and I like to keep things simple like that, right? So if I can keep scoring without having to do that, and then without can keep moving forward on a different objectives, that's always key for me. You know, I, I love hearing how many people are talking about engage on all fronts and how many people are talking about banners and stuff like that, because it's just going to tell us it's given us a hint. I think like mate, not this event, but the next event, how are things going to shift between now and then? And it sounds like there will be another shift because and I think that's going to be really healthy for the game is that I there's so. going to be these uh, two or three really radically different styles of lists mm -hmm. in what they try to achieve. Yeah, I'm really looking forward actually to when all the codexes start getting fleshed out because uh, Space Marines and Necrons now have specific army ones. Um, and I really miss that from 8th edition because you used to get that in the cards. 
and some of them were really flavorful and you got a lot of points off of scoring them so especially with death guard coming up uh, that's one reason why i'm kind of shelving them right now is because i want to get all of the the options i can get um demons right now just seem like a very easy option to run and something that'll be fun to play um but with even with them too that'll be nice to get some very uh flavorful stuff because i like the narrative that goes with it as well too right so yeah Mm-hmm. So, and I find out that you, you see a lot of the same ones uh, currently in the game, right? Which is good, but it's uh, it's gonna be nice to see some uh, variety as well. So, at the event, are there any lists you're really hoping to uh, get matched up against, or are there any that you're really hoping to avoid getting matched up against? Um, I haven't really thought into it yet. I have to go through uh, once the lists are posted to kind of uh, give a really good answer about that because it's it's difficult to say without kind of seeing what's going on. Um, I'm a little worried about knights, um, just because they do have, um, they, again, a lot of blast weapons and things like that. Um, but there is ways to kind of trick them up and tie them down, which I've been thinking about. And uh, without shooting, that kind of negates their uh, their field of it. So we'll see how that goes. And then uh, as for armies that I want to get matched up against, um, I think custodes would actually be decent for that. Uh, a lot of board control. It'd be a good, good match in general. Yeah, just because you ignore um, well, I, I think all I can that. Overwhelm with the amount of models I have by comparison to what custodians can bring, right? So, mm-hmm. and I think there's a few, uh, a few guys bring custodes. I think there's at least two or three. So, that'll be uh, nice if I can get matched up against them. For sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so for the event, now I'm going to just kind of shift over to the painting side. Yeah, we got that dual diorama coming up, and I know Doug has said he doesn't want to see display boards. I'm not 100% sure how that's supposed to gel with the diorama. It, I don't like, know. I don't know. I'm not 100% sure on that either, but I have some thoughts on that. Yeah, I figure if it's small enough, then it, it's probably A-OK. So I, I know I got my stuff ready. Are yeah. you bringing something? No, I don't have the time, unfortunately. I would love to uh, to have done something up, but I have a lot of uh, models I have to get painted, or I want to get try to get painted up for my army in general, uh, just to get those 10 points in one. I like having a, a fully painted army on the table, right? So I had a really great idea um, involving Karn and uh, an Assault Intercessor and or Blade Guard, which I may do at some point in general anyways, and keep that in the back of my mind. Um, with him on his top of a staircase, uh, you know, slaughtering some Space Marines. And uh, just sort of turning it into a bit of a blood uh, altar decorum and a uh, challenger at the bottom. Oh, that, go up to that sounds something. like a great idea. Oh. I have a I have this plastic staircase from some terrain model that I got in some oh. trade. And it's oh. like, what the hell am I going to do with this ever? And that's a great idea. Oh, now, see, if I had the uh, I had all the models for that, which I can get access to. If I had the time this week, I, I would put some into it. So, uh Maybe I'll contact you and maybe I'll get that off you. We'll see if I have the time or not. But uh, that was my thoughts on that. Um, Austin and I have actually talked in general with the, the whole diorama thing without having the board. Um, a lot of um, uh, Golden Demon dioramas are on uh, night size bases mm-hmm. or the very large, uh, I think they're the five inch uh, wide one, like something like the Great and Clean one or those very large demons come on. Mm-hmm. And you can put a lot of detail into doing a diorama on that without having a very large display board. Because I know some of those convention centers, it's really hard to get around with them, and uh, they don't have a lot of space for that either, right? And you build up or out, depending, and you just have to put a little more thought into what you're doing. So that might be an option for people in that way. And uh, again, with the the idea I had thinking of putting in something like a 50 mil or larger base, you know, 75 or something like that, gives it enough girth to do things with it and, and put enough on. 
but also it doesn't take up a ton of space. It's it's a model size on the board still, right? So yeah, I'm not sure if, if anybody would be able to make use of that by this point. But I think there, I think I think that's a great idea going forward. Is like, hey, yeah. try to get something of about that size because that's easy to transport. It's easy to show off. It's not taking up a lot of space, exactly. and especially exactly. if you end up if this kind of idea goes yeah. to other uh, to other places where it's yeah. not just, you know, the, the show off your army bet, then that will make it also easier to travel with. And traveling with these things is a nightmare I've never had to do, and I, I don't know if I ever want to. Well, with uh, being a Death Guard playing and having a fully painted Mortarian, I can tell you he's a bit of a, uh, a bit of a tricky guy to, to maneuver, so without breaking his wings off or doing anything else. Right? I've so lost too many... I've lost too many winged nurglings from his base already. I don't oh, need to lose any more. Yeah, exactly. On the the topic of the painting competition, though, I'm very eager to see the uh, the entries for that. I think it's a really good idea, and uh, it's very different because I really like the display boards as well at usual events. Um, but a diorama, and especially a duel, is always really cool because there's so much you can do with it. So I'm really eager to see what uh, people come up with. Same here. So yeah. uh, I got this. Everyone, I've been meeting up with I've, I've had that this chance to ask you know is there anything else you want to chat about one uh, of the newer players to the tournament scene here in Sudbury uh he brought up a great question about helping out new players getting into the tournament scene because definitely the barrier to entry in, in uh in our in our hobby is really high yeah and so uh it I think it's a great question to ask what could be done to help out newer players get into the tournament scene? Uh, I think a really good thing is, you know, like what you're doing right now with uh, the podcast, Davis, I feel is a really good idea. And uh, suggesting things that, like that to people and, and having them listen to that, you know, always hearing different ideas, especially from players that are in the scene and they might be a little intimidated to, uh, you know, get into it. And uh, hearing from those guys and then hearing that, okay, well, this is, you know, a lot of these guys are in for, for fun. They're not just in for competition or, or like serious contests and things like that. That always helps a lot in uh, in that regard. So I think those are, are very big. Um, I'm flattered. And then in general, when you're on the tabletop, like, again, I want to emphasize like just being a good opponent and, uh, you know, being patient with people, especially if they're new and uh, helping to explain that through. But also, uh, you know, not giving them a lot of leeway on that well so they can they can learn. Right, um, you you can only learn so much by people spoon feeding you through the rules, and especially in a competitive scene, right? You don't want to be giving away points and, and your own game as well, right? If you're actually trying to, to do well, and especially with the ITC scene, right? Because you're trying to score points and all of this kind of stuff towards your season and, and everything. So, but contest is also good, right? So, letting people make mistakes sometimes helps them in the long run. And again, just being really patient with them and, and having fun with them, I think, is the, is the good thing to, to get people in, especially new players in the competitive scene, because it's less intimidating for them uh, going forward, right? And uh, it's always better to play with somebody who's enjoyable to play against, right? So Yeah, you can, you can have a, a tough game and still have fun. The two oh, exactly. are not and, mutually and exclusive. Every, every, every win and every loss is a, an opportunity to learn, right? And if you're... You're really paying attention to what you're doing. If you're, you're taking it seriously and you want to go in and actually be at a competitive level, you're going to learn from those losses and what you can take, even from game to game, let alone from tournament to tournament, event to event kind of thing, right? Absolutely. So uh, that's that's a really key thing to note, I think, is, uh, is and to emphasize that with people, is to, is to go over maybe... Uh, uh, I was in my, the army myself previously, uh, some people know, and we used to do a lot of after-action reports and stuff like that, right? So mm-hmm. it really, you go over what you've done wrong and what you did good as well. And uh, that's a, 
if a little bit of time between matches, you know, even five minutes, and kind of let somebody know what they've done well and what they haven't. And uh, that's always good to get feedback, you know, and, and some kind of positive uh, uh, critique as well as uh, as good um, um, review as well, you know. Yeah. Oh, I'm I'm so excited to do the post tournament uh, review. <laughs> post tournament review, especially because the last time I was helping to run the event, so I couldn't be in it. Um, and then the one after that, uh, I couldn't even attend. Yeah. And so this one, being able to go and be right in it and get like, you know, right from the battle scene kind of thing. I am I'm so excited. Yeah, exactly. You're going to be on the ground, as they say. You're going to be uh, in the trenches. That's right. R- reporting from the battle lines. Exactly. Are you going to be doing um, the pregame with Aaron again? Oh, yes, sir. As soon as those, uh, those uh, come out, uh, we are going to be having that done and posted hopefully uh, uh two days or or even if maybe just the day before depending on when it comes out so great I, i'm looking forward to that i, I had a really uh, good listen to those last time that was uh, really uh, really intriguing and really informative well i'm so, looking forward to look uh in the background while I'm, here. I'm i'm looking forward to trying to make a judgment call on your list because <laughs> i nurgling uh, not nurgling well yes nurglings nurglings and plague bears and a whole lot of stinky demons uh, smothering the table sounds like a recipe for success against a there, lot uh, of potential. There's other things in there as well, so uh, it's going to be fun. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm running some models that uh, people don't get very often. So awesome, sounds fantastic. So before we take off, though, is there any other question you wanted to chat about? Uh, no, I think I'm good actually, Davis. Awesome, uh, it's been a, it was a good interview. Thanks for that. Not a problem. Thank you again for joining me on it. No problem. And to everyone else out there, thank you again for listening. Uh, we're getting right close to the uh, to tournament day, to game day. So looking forward to seeing you all there. If I don't see you, definitely, you know, we're going to try to take some photos, post them up on uh, all the different Facebook groups for Sudbury Warhammer, Sudbury 40K, Salty Astartes. Join in on the groups, join in the conversation. Uh, looking forward to seeing you. Thank you for listening. The Sudbury Scrub saying keep on wargaming and keep scoring those primaries. Welcome to Sudbury Scrub, a 40k podcast for the Sudbury community, Season 5. And this evening, I'm being joined by, I would say, a very special guest. So yes, this is a very special guest episode. Because uh, for the Grinning Demon tournament coming up, there has been a dropout. I think it was actually the tournament organizer. His, he's the one that's dropped out. And he has said, hey, look, there's this guy coming. I really want him to attend. And so I'm giving my spot to him. His name is Chris Marshall. He is running, uh, he is going to be coming up from down south. He's got, uh, he's somebody that has begun selling some items. You've probably seen some of his posts on the Sudbury 40k Facebook group. And I'm pleased to have him here with me today. Welcome, Chris. Thank you. This is, uh, this is great. It's exciting. Uh, I'm very happy to be on the, uh, on the podcast today. I'm really happy to have you. You know, it's, uh, you are, let's see, um, just the second. Okay, I'm not counting the North Bay guys as out of towners because they are they're Northern Ontario, and this is this is for Northern Ontario. But I've had one other guy for a Space Wolf interview that was from down south. So you are only the second person from Southern Ontario on this thing. You should be honored. I am. I am honored. <laughs> I'm probably the only one from Durham Region, so that's even better. Oh, only one, and maybe only one ever. We'll see. Maybe we'll see. <laughs> so. Uh, Chris, go ahead. Tell us about yourself. Introduce yourself to us, especially because literally 
outside of a few folks here, um, not a whole lot of us have had a chance to have a match with you or to have really a chat with you. So, uh, yeah, tell us about yourself and tell us about who's in your gaming group, what's bringing you to the north, uh, where you're from, all that, all that fun stuff. Sure. So I've been playing Warhammer 40k since I was about 11 years old, which is, I believe, early fourth edition. I played Black Templars, and I also had um, I played a bunch of fantasy, but mainly 40k. And then uh, after a few years, I took a long, a long break. I went to high school. I took a break and uh, took a break from the hobby. I came back in about three years ago, and I'm just full plunged in. Um, I consider myself a competitive player. Don't know how good, but um, I do consider myself a competitive player. I um, I am the captain for Team Critical Hit. Uh, we are based out of Curtis, Ontario, uh, based from the store uh, Critical Hit Gaming Lounge in Curtis. Um, we're a two-floor store. We try and host as many RTTs as we can. We also have a, a two-day GT that we usually do in January, which we won't be able to do a GT this year, but there is potential for an RTT, a two-day RTT. Um, let's see, my my main armies I like to play are um, right now are my custodes because of the new update. Kind of want to get my. Uh, want to get my fill out of them before they get nerfed and diminished back down to the uh, middle tier stuff oh um, oh you, that that's a that's a that's a pretty big uh, assumption you think that's gonna happen I I think something's gonna happen every everyone every army has their moment um, I don't think um, it's not so much that they're gonna go down I feel they're still in a pretty middle spot they got a lot of nice durability strats and some new tricks but D3 damage weapons aren't that effective. And then everybody else is getting the high damage weapons. So I don't really think maybe custodes will get nerfed more so that everything else is going to be kind of geared towards taking them down. Low shot, high damage stuff. Um, and also different tricks to ignore Obsect, like the Relic from the Blind Angels book that's about to come out. Ooh, man, uh, those scare me. So, um, but um, once the new... Codex drops for Custodes. I hope that they'll get their two damage instead of D3. But I was kind of at a loss because I trained. I'm a coaching client with uh, with Ridvan on Scardcast. He's uh, Ridvan's great. I do recommend anybody looking into becoming more of a competitive player to check out his program. Um, but we are designing a good fist Imperial Fist army since the book came out and going through the reps and the practices and everything. And then I ended up using them at Barry Bash and got 14th, which was great. And then, then the pandemic happened and they had to be sit on the shelf. And then, and then we had to wait for us to be able to do more events. And then during that time, the condition change and the vigils books are being allowed and more points for centurions. It just kind of annihilated the list. So. I just figured if I'm going to start something new in ninth, I might as well go back to an old love, which was the custodes. So nice. Oh man, yeah. I, it, it's interesting to hear someone talk about custodes as a, as an old love because they're so oh, new. I, yeah, I'm definitely not a new player. I definitely <laughs> am not the. I need to buy three cans of Richard Richard uh, spray and go to town on some new plastic. <laughs> I uh, I definitely had to change my list because I didn't run bikes before 
I didn't like bikes, but all the new tricks that we got regarding the War of the Spider book, I had to I had to get bikes. So I was trying to avoid them for so long, and now I have twelve. Well, I have twelve. But I have two squads of five in my old list, and then the list I'm taking in Green Demon will have two squads of four. So bikes. as a uh, somebody that that runs stuff from the store that you run tournaments there, I'm sure you got a whole bunch of experience with Ninth Edition. How have you been finding, um, especially because a lot of other folks have been, haven't had that chance, especially with how things have gone. How have you found that has, uh, well, how have you found Ninth Edition for, so far? How have, you, how have you found that your experience has benefited you so far with Ninth Edition? I really had to change my ways. Um, I, I actually went into a two-event two weekend going one and five. Um, so I, I won one game and I lost five. And um, it was definitely a change because killing everyone on the board doesn't mean anything anymore. And I took my custode army, my custode army to that weekend and I had failed horribly. And it was a huge, it was a huge push to myself to try and change my play style and realize that you don't need to kill everything anymore. You need to have speed and durability. And that was the weekend I realized I needed bikes because mm. I had Terminators. And they are great. They are durable. But the problem is, is that once you kill the threat on one side of the board, then you got to hike it over to the other side of the board. Yeah. And only moving six inches doesn't do so well, especially now that we have uh, one less turn. Yeah. So <laughs> it was definitely a change. I feel like I'm doing better now. Um, I've had a, a lot of games in ninth. I've probably had close to 30 so far, 35 games between tournaments and practice games. Um, but it was the hurdle of realizing that you don't have to kill everything. You need to be durable and fast. Uh, that's, and then that's been my favorite. Is, is, is definitely a primary thing you need. But if you can have obsec, fast, and durability, you have a very even easier time in ninth edition. I that, feel that's been my favorite hurdle, and I've I've loved seeing everyone, and I mean every single player from pros to to new folks into the hobby that like they started just before ninth edition came over everyone feels like they really got that kind of a reset at their skill level because there was just so much of a change in how you do things oh yeah and I, I went from i didn't only change my play style i changed like i had i was playing my fist army for a year so i had to dust off an old eighth edition list that i had before for my custodes because i was going to change over and do my custodes again for the beginning of ninth and it was just just the play style change and not having as many shots not knowing what's durable and and yeah just kind of realizing that like with my fist army if i killed something my turn three if i tailed somebody by turn three which usually would happen mm -hmm. then then okay i won great now that doesn't matter now yeah now so, it's like great i killed you it's turn four and i've just finished you off and i had the bottom of the turn or something it's like i got one turn to fix this and yeah. you don't and you just don't get that time so it's cool it's, it's real cool it's, it's definitely like, i feel gw did a really good job 
with the new addition and, and somewhat shaking up everything. Um, some of the things that they did regarding like um, some of the changes were, were kind of, um, I feel like it was overdone. And there's actually been some articles about it too. Like I'm just saying as a salty Imperial Fist player, but uh, maybe some as of the a salty a starting, really maybe put the fist to the side. Unfortunately, so are are you a perhaps a salty Astarte? I'm making fun of, of Austin's playgroup, by the way. His 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 team is called the Salty oh, Astartes. Yes, let's let's perfect. <laughs> yes, I am definitely a salty Astarte. Yes, no, I know, I know. Yeah, that's perfect, Yardy. Oh man, I, you know what? I think that's actually going to be funnier to have to ha- have that long pause there. It's going so, to be good. But it's no, be it's, it's been great. Deal. I feel like. Oh, did I lose you? I, I may have lost you. <laughs> okay, there we go. I got you. I hear you. So, but oh. I feel I. No, I'm here. I'm here. I'm back. All right. So, uh, I'm on. I'm on Percy on desk. So I hope. So, um, with this event, then, since you got a few, and it sounds like, yeah, you, you've, you've fallen in love again with the Custodes. Is that the faction you're going to be playing at the Grinning Demon? And if so, why the why the Custodes? What about them really draws you towards them? So, I, I am bringing my Custodes to the Grinning Demon. Um... Mainly because I am going to be doing a different army next season, next ITC season. So I want to kind of play a flag. I'll be playing my, my custodian army no matter what, but um, I'm going to be focusing on a new build. So I want to have like the last couple of good events with the custodes to kind of cap off the season. Yeah, the last um, hurrah. What was the other part of the question, sorry? Oh, so why, why the custodies? Like, what about them? makes you want to use them above somebody else so i last year's tgx i played a gentleman from new york or new jersey sorry for name eric truck and he is the number one custodes player in the world mm. and i'm playing i was playing my imperial guard army at the time with with the castellan and mm. um I was playing him, and he just he used the army so well, and it almost mesmerized me regarding the the play style and how really close it was to what I enjoy. Uh, very elite units, low model count, um, just like if like wherever they touch dies for the most part, and they're really like the two up save and they're T five really strong. I just I like that kind of army, but I've never played it. I've always liked that kind of like low model count and they like everything does everything does a lot. There's no unit that it's not like a guard a guard squad that used to be forty points, it's like ah that dies, whatever. Yeah. Like everything mattered in a custode army. So I really like that. I never had it. I've always just seen it. And I finally took the plunge and I got I got some custodes and I got a couple boxes and then I ended up getting uh, twelve Aqualon Terminators and just going all in on custodes last season near the end and then yeah finally just kind of once the once the imperial fist supplement came out i put the custodes to the side because i played templars when i was a kid and this was finally my chance to be like primark dorn again but in the primaris version so i jumped all over that 
you know I, I do I love low model count and then I just love elite the elite army and you know that would be the reason why I would I play them it uh what you said there about running into somebody that runs an army so well that it mesmerizes you that makes you just have such an appreciation and such a love for getting your ass kicked <laughs> um, oh yeah he, he definitely oh yeah he actually went to getting second at the whole event wow so i'm glad i was one of his uh his pillars to that success but it no it was definitely so i didn't know who he, i didn't know who he was until after so that reminds so. me of something that i felt and i'm going to use a game other than 40k for this example because this is where i had that similar kind of experience and I, if ever anybody comes up that you go up against a really good player, you have to take that. You should not be upset that you're paired up against somebody way better than you. You should take that as you have been blessed with the most incredible opportunity to learn something. Because I remember this one guy, he played, he was, he was a member of a South Korean StarCraft team. Back before StarCraft 2 was even out. It was still just the original StarCraft and I was in university at the time and I got to watch him play and it was watching a piece of art come to life just how well he was able to juggle everything and when you play against somebody that's really good especially like you said you got a game against the best custody player in the world and it's just you see them then take this scalpel and just uh, cut you up but not just cut you up like this is cut you up with precision, with a precision that is beautiful to behold and to understand how much further you have to go. Yeah, no, it was, I, it definitely, it definitely made me rethink, like just the way, it made me think of different tactics I never even knew was possible when you play somebody at that level. I always tell my guys on the team that, like if you we, if you get paired with someone who's in the top five of the faction, it's like you actually you're gonna play somebody that knows what they're doing, and you'll be able to learn little tricks that you never knew even existed. Um, that kind of puts me to what I, I remember when I played Ridvin for the first time. So I was always a Patreon, but I never went to the coaching level. And I played him for the first time in my fist army, and he he won his game, but he was telling me so many little tricks that I had never knew I could do. And like for example, when I use when I was using the sixes do an extra hit for Imperial Fist on bolt weapons. If he's a chapter master, you can reroll all dice, not just fail. So you take the ones that you pass. And you also re-roll those to generate more sixes, fishing for sixes. I never knew I could do that until he told me. And then it kind of made me push me to like, you know, I, I want to learn more from this guy. And then it made me become a coaching client with him. Nice. Um, but yeah, so it's, it's it's definitely a treat. If you can play against someone and if you say if you win your first two games at a tournament, you're almost guaranteed to be playing somebody who is either on par with you or above you. And you can learn so much, even just as the way they play in their place or even their army, if you play someone at the higher level, it's, it's great. Um, I've always learned more from my losses, so I actually prefer to lose until it really matters. Like, um, 
I've already if I've already lost my first game or second game, for example, I'm not going to be able to do like the highest finish I can. So I rather if I'm going to lose more games, I want to absorb them as more of paying my tuition and learning. Yeah. Hopefully, I there the next time. So. So for this event coming to up to Sudbury here, you're gonna you're gonna tackle all the scrubs up here. <laughs> are you coming to this event with the intention to try to win, or is there some other reason that you are attending? Um, well, I did mention before, I am a competitive player, <laughs> but I'm definitely coming up to kind of meet the community. And, uh, I'm currently, I'm currently second in Canada for custodes. Oh. And I'm trying my best to kind of keep my spot. Um, but I'm not so much coming up. I've joked with Austin about this, how he says I'm coming up and I'm seal clubbing. Um, that's definitely not the case. I definitely want to learn and meet the meet the community and meet as many people as I can. But I'm hoping, personal, like I always try and do. I'm, I personally want to be in the top three or top five of the event. However, I have to get there. If that means I have to break Pops a couple legs to make an omelet, then, uh, <laughs> then so be it. But I'm definitely not coming up to to bring a dirty list and, and beat on everybody. I definitely want to be more of the meet everyone, but I'm definitely not going to hold back any of the little tricks I've learned along the way. Well, so we got a, we have a few players that play custodies up here. Uh, I know at least one that will also be attending the tournament. So you're not going to be the only custody player. Um, and I really hope that I really hope that you get a, a mirror match against one of those players so that they can really uh, drink in some of that experience and get a get a good match. So yeah, I, I love I love the mirror match. Yeah. Uh, so what would you say is the biggest thing working in your favor going into this tournament? And then kind of at the same time, what do you think is the biggest thing that's going to be a weakness for you? I definitely so every event this season I've had so we unless we're doing a higher number of people I usually will play in my events. But I don't take home prize support or anything like that. I just want, if I'm going to do all this work, I want to enjoy it too. So um, it would be nice to actually go to an event that I don't have to be the important person or have to answer any questions or worry about if everything's going correctly. I can actually have my focus. Um, and then I feel like one advantage I have, because we've had so many events down here, that I have a lot of experience with Ninth edition. Well, not a lot, but more than maybe... You guys might, depending on how many events you guys have been having. I know Austin travels down here, um, but I know not everybody has that luxury or capability to be able to travel down to the areas down here because there seems to be an event every weekend down here. Mm -hmm. So, um, but I would just say reps, and I've I've definitely taken my lumps with this list, um, like I mentioned the weekend I had before. But then the one thing I would say would be a burden against me. Um, would probably be I'm trying to have because I work so many hours and I, I'm actually a dad hammer player I have two boys um, I I don't have my army 100% painted <gasps> so I'm trying to get that as much as possible and I don't I'm going to be sacrificing those easy 10 points oh, no. every game oh no as a, <laughs> yeah so the main thing it's not painted are the bikes because they were they were a new addition, and I haven't been able to sit down um, and do them. Um, but the one thing that 
I plan to have the whole army painted, but I won't have them based, which I know is a requirement for those 10 points. And I'm just going to have to eat it up for now. But it will push me to get everything finished, but I will be sacrificing those 10 points probably every game I play, so. Oh, I hope that doesn't come back to bite you. Oh, I know it will, but it's, <laughs> um, it is what it is. It's just, uh, you gotta push to get that stuff done, but I just, I just can't. Not these days. I don't have any time. Well, you know, most games I see of 9th edition come down to a spread bigger than 10 points. Um, but... I just just last week I had a couple friends that they were playing and they reported back to me a score with a one point difference between them. Which yep. in in ninth edition I just find it's just so rare to get that close. It's it's funny you mention that because I've had a draw or at least one or two draws every single event that we've had no this year. No way. Draws. I, I have yet to see a draw this edition. How did you accomplish yeah. that? We've we've had, and it's even to the point where you guys need to recount everything, uh, because usually the tie is in round two, and then whoever is tying is going to the top table. I mean, whoever whoever if someone won that game, they would be going to the top table because now they're tying, they won't actually one hundred percent win the win the uh, event. Um, but no, we've had a draw sometimes even to every single event. I think we hosted four during the pandemic four events and we've had to draw every single one that is so counter to what i've experienced i am i'm excited to see you get a draw just so that i can go over and take a look at the table and just be like no my god you guys butchered each other or something (laughs) it'll be a draw because i didn't paint my army (laughs) that'll be it (laughs) Uh, all right so um going in with your custodies uh, very elite force. Like you said, you have to kind of plan for every single guy to do something. Um, what would you say has been one of your favorite secondary objectives to take with that play style? While we stand, we fight is definitely my go-to, go-to secondary for this army. It's also one of the ways I play. The way I play it I usually always get 10 points. Um, that's good. That's 10 is what you're looking for, really. Definitely my favorite one. 10, 10 is really what you need. If you're not scoring 10, it's not worth it. So that you're getting yes. 10 consistently is a big deal. Yeah, it's just... I've learned that... I've learned, unfortunately, with this army that I can only really pick a couple of secondaries every time. Um, because... We don't really have a psychic phase, so I don't have. I can't use a psychic. Um, I can't use a psychic secondaries, and then the ones with actions that immobilizes a full unit. I really can't use those either because every unit in my army has to be doing something every turn to make it worth it. And I know, I know that if you do the scramblers uh, in the middle, and then opponents and in my end you get the 10 points but the problem is that that unit i would use for scramblers would be on my back objective at all times while my other units are going out and doing everything and i can't use actions on those units because i need them to be either fighting or shooting or killing so 
I've really been stuck with the durability ones. Uh, sometimes I get engaged in all fronts if I decide to, if I think I can move well with the bike set this game. But I've been consistent with playing the same secondaries and then the odd maybe mission one or maybe I'll do deploy scramblers because I really don't have any other option. Um, so I've learned that I'm limited in my choices with the secondaries so far that are out there. Um, I know every Codex is getting a couple uh, secondary missions for their faction, but with the custode army that I have, I'm, li- I'm very limited. For sure. Um, any lists that you're really, any lists that you feel like you're really well matched up against, or are also are there any lists that you find that you're really poorly matched up against? Definitely, I don't know. I don't know who or what is out there yet until the lists, of course, drop. Um, which definitely could be another good discussion because I don't really know, like, I don't know any of the names out there. So when I see names around the GTA, I kind of already guess what they're playing or what their play style is, what they like, because I've played so many people around here. But I'm definitely worried about uh, armies with lots of speed mm-hmm. that can overwhelm the center of the board very fast. Um, for example, Harlequins with their bikes yeah they can definitely crowd an area really fast and just make it just move block you from from objectives and which really affects the primary of course but their speed is insane i know custode bikes are fast too but they're really fast so um i'm definitely worried about fast armies um and then i know death guard have a few tricks with the uh with the bomb that is still valid so um, I'm definitely worried about stuff that's T5 and then very fast, fast armies such as Harlequins. Um, seems to be, I have a good friend of mine, Eric Munshaw, who's also on my team. Um, I definitely have, for some reason, a monkey on my back regarding Drukhari. Oh. I always, I just can't, I can't seal the envelope with Drukhari. It could be a one point game, it could be a 40 point game, but. Well, you you know, Ridvin, Scarry, he's he's really committed to those Dark Eldar. He's he's probably teaching oh, yeah. you all the tricks except how to kill him. I'm just joking. He's he's he is an absolute gentleman all the time. He's he's probably helped you a lot in that matchup. Yeah, oh yeah, Ridvin Ridvin's helped me a lot with everything. He sees. I can't say anything. Can't say enough good things about him. Um, and then he'll even tell me how to, like, the little tricks that Eric will probably do, that I could probably use my tricks to counter them. And I just, for some reason, I don't know what it is, but I just can't win against Drakari. So I don't. So if you're a Drakari player, we pair up, then we'll just we'll just flip a coin. You hear that, Aaron? Because that's just how it's going to go. I, I can't do it. I don't know why. You hear that, Aaron? <laughs> you, you got somebody that you're going to have good luck against. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, Every you know what? I played Jukari, I've lost that game. So uh, it's usually my only loss of the day, too, down here. You'll you'll probably so. want to listen in. We're after, once the all the lists are published, Aaron and I we're going to go through all the turn round one matchups. We're going to discuss all the lists briefly. You're probably going to have a lot of fun. If you want to kind of get a snapshot of what the Sudbury meta is going to be at the tournament, uh, that's one you'll want to listen in for. I I definitely will. I definitely will. So, um. But just before we kind of finish off, uh, I got one other question regarding the painting competition, which is really, really unique. I've, I haven't seen this kind of thing since 
um, the the old days of like our boys and stuff like that, where they had you know bring your best blank, bring your best vehicle, bring your best monster, something like that. Justin is having a painting requirement of a dual diorama, and um, as somebody from Southern Ontario, I'm kind of curious: Have you heard of this kind of thing having been done before? Do you in- are you intending to try? I know you don't have a lot of painting time. Do you intend to try to submit something for this? So, I am. I, I love the dual idea. I was talking with Justin about it, and it's a great painting competition idea. I love it. It's not just throwing a model down that you might have got commissioned, or it's not throwing down a model, two models staring at each other, or just a squad. It's actually a full-out diorama duel. Well, I think diorama is preferred. He doesn't want just two models facing each other. So I wanted to do something. I got called. I'm being called out of town. Like last week, I was in Kitchener. And this week coming, I'm actually going to be in Muskoka. So I'll be out of town all week. And then I have to come up and see you guys. So I haven't had much time to really do anything. I was thinking of doing a dual with having a friend of mine has as an Eldar player and he has a beautifully painted Eldar army and they're the traditional red with black stripe on the bikes. I was going to do a five V five verse five bike diorama where I have my five bikes, my custode bikes, uh, flying versus the, the five Eldar bikes. And I was going to laser cut everything and put, make the basing nice. Um, using our product, like showing that we can do these things because our army trays can be flipped over to be used as uh, display boards. So I was going to advertise that, but I just haven't had time to execute the idea because I've just been working out of town two weeks straight. So oh, but my vision a, was to do the five bikes really versus cool. five bikes and have them flying at each other. And Justin said that would pass because obviously they're flying. I can't make the models shoot at each other. Like I can't remodel them because half of them aren't even mine but um, yeah I was, that was the idea but I just couldn't do it I never know when I'm going into town until maybe the Saturday or Sunday before so uh, that, that's, uh, hopefully for the next event there's another idea that kind of comes through the same way and we're able to see something because that idea that you just had sounds like an excellent idea especially with the custode bikers where that you know they're, they got their, their spears and they're coming across, yeah. and it's like, um, kind of seeing the envisioning of that would be really great. Yeah, I kind of, I kind of want to do the idea anyways, but not so much for this one, but for something else because I definitely do. I like the idea a lot, and it'd be easy way to advertise, um, like our display board slash army tray product. So I plan to still do it, but obviously I can't bring it up to you guys, show it off. So. Um, for uh, for these kinds of events, I mean, as somebody that you know, you do a bunch of events and tournaments down south, um, and you know, ninth edition has really taken off with popularity. What have you tried to do, or do you have any ideas on how to make the tournament scene more approachable for new players? So we actually had. Um... So we actually had a learning ninth on the ninth event at our store. And uh, it was, we had the team involved. So there's seven, there's seven of us. Um, and then we had, we had actually had, a, this was during the pandemic. So we had to schedule everything and we had to have everything all like managed. 
and we had um, a teammate team member sorry on had their own table and we would schedule people in whether they brought 500 points or a thousand or two thousand it was just so people could come and play ninth and the uh the owner of critical hit dom and val they they waived the table fees for the day so no one had to pay for a table fee for 40k and we tried our best to kind of teach people ninth edition from all over the area because we're not doing as many events um so that's one of the things that we tried to do regarding an idea for teaching people ninth edition to get people maybe back into it or fresh people uh new people new faces which that's what we end up getting was a lot of new people that are very active in our community now which is great um because there's, there's a lot of people who played eighth that don't like ninth and they're switching over to aos so we actually lost some people in our community to that very thing so getting new players involved into our learning ninth on the ninth event was was critical for our tournaments that followed that sounds so. like a, a, a great way to do it to try to be like hey let's let's do a night where we have the pros or not pros but i mean we have some people that are experienced really take some time to show the ropes and you just bring whatever and, and they're ready they, they have their own list ready to go to uh, for different levels to help people get in that sounds like a great idea yeah it, it went really well it was very successful we, we, we due to the amount of table space that we we're only allowed to have we weren't allowed able to have as many people um but yeah we, we had different lists for different levels like do you want the hard stuff do you want the light stuff um we even had armies to the side and people didn't even own an army yet we had a tower army to the side ready to go and i had my fist army ready to go oh that's uh, cruel setting setting up those poor tau players to feel to feel crushed <laughs> yeah well, one of our teammates is playing custodes right now who pretty much has the same list as me we built them together but he's a he is a tau player and he's a little hurt because of how much <laughs> how his lists and different ideas stuff we don't work anymore so he jumped over to the we always make fun of him but he jumped over to the rattle can meta but it's funny because he was collecting that army and painting it in eighth and then he brought it out and he brought it right when the book came out so he just looked like a dirty meta chaser but he definitely wasn't but we always tease him about it <laughs> but he's, the, uh, he's the house he's the house towel player that's... definitely uh he definitely loves his towel uh, i i hope the best for him in, in and you yeah. know what it will it guaranteed the towel book will come out and they'll be they'll suddenly be a tear that that that's kind of the way they've gone but anyway i've got one last question and i know it's a little bit of a touchy subject on it um but you and i we had a quick little chat beforehand on it so i know you're okay with me asking this uh, a few folks in sudbury have brought up some concern that for this event we've been able to keep our covid numbers really low up here in northern ontario and uh you know they're really concerned that hey there's somebody traveling up to the event that's coming from a red zone um, where nothing is really allowed to happen. Uh, obviously, a lot of concern from that. Is there anything that you wanted to say in regards to that, in terms of helping people feel maybe okay with it or addressing some of those concerns? What what could you really say on that? Well, I, I definitely do understand the concern that people might be having um, because of us traveling from red to come up to to come up to a i guess you guys are in yellow or orange we, we um, did get moved up to yellow i i think we would like 
I don't know how often they do those changes. I feel we would go back to green because we've been able to make things continue very well up here. Yes. Well, like one thing, like for myself, my job, I travel all over Ontario. So we definitely, we definitely try and have more precaution than usual um, regarding staying clean. Regarding staying clean, we change our work clothes out whenever we come back and everything is very, I guess, meticulous when it comes to trying to stay as safe as possible. Um, unfortunately, with us going to red, we just we just went to red uh, recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it was last Monday. So we, we do, we, we're, we're trying to kind of we did ask Justin if it was okay for us to come up, even though we were from a red zone. But I do kind of want to urge people that we definitely are taking the most precaution we can. And we also have, due to our own store, we have been very, during our games itself, we have been very meticulous and we stretch the boundary or stretch the envelope regarding um, restrictions, regarding uh, like we do 10 foot spacing instead of six. So I, I do want to urge the players that I do pair with and who people are going to the event that uh, Patrick and myself, who we are the two people coming up from the Southern southern Ontario. And we're both from Team Critical Hit, but we definitely are taking the most precaution we can coming to this event. And if there is someone who feels that they're they are unsafe while we are playing. Like first, or for myself, I'll take, I'll take a forfeit just so that way someone feels safer. That like they want, they don't want to play against myself because I'm from a red zone. Um, but we're from Durham region. We're not from Mississauga, or Toronto, where they're on lockdown. So, well, that that's really appreciated. I, I really. I, I don't think I can really overstate just how much I appreciate you answering that question today on that. I know that that'd be, uh, you know, it's it's a sensitive topic on that. Um, so I really appreciate you addressing that head on and saying, hey, look, we are trying and that you guys, especially that you're, you're in a job where you're traveling a bunch already and you've already been able to maintain that excellent level of protection and care and that we appreciate all that you're doing there to try to make sure that you're safe coming up here. That is hugely appreciated. Yeah, no, for sure. It, I definitely, safety is our number one priority. So, well, we just want to enjoy an event up with you guys. That's the main thing. We haven't been up there yet. So that I'm looking forward to meeting you. I'm hoping actually to have a match against you. <laughs> um, yeah, no, for sure. Chris, I, I can't thank you enough for joining me today on this it's great to have folks from everywhere with this uh was there anything else that you want to chat about before we took off um no i kind of just one thing that's kind of exciting that um maybe i don't know if anyone knows i I imagine there is some buzz but there is going to be a 40k league happening across the whole province actually oh i haven't mentioned that on also a part of Sorry, keep going. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Uh, yeah. So we're. I know Austin got the ball rolling, but there is going to be. I think at the end of February, there's going to be a 40k league starting up, where I believe we're at eight divisions. 
uh, there's an, I guess an executive or like a senior, a senior, a senior from each area. Um, I'll be doing, I'll be fronting the organizing of the Durham division and then the home store will be critical hit. But I believe we have, you guys are on board. Sudbury is on board. London is on board. Uh, Kitchener, Waterloo area is on board. We have Niagara and then we have, um, I believe we have Hamilton, Toronto, and Toronto. So I might have some of the names mixed up, but I know that it's starting to, it's going to start at the end of February. There'll be maximum pods of 20, and then it'll be kind of like a five round RTT played across, um, played across uh, a long span. So each round, you have three weeks to play your game. And then you are able to adjust your list. Your faction cannot change throughout the whole league, but you are able to adjust your lists after your match. Your pairings pairings get sent out after all list changes are submitted, so no one can tailor. Um, and then you have, once the pairings are up, you have three weeks to get uh, your next game in. And then it's at the end of the whole... Um, five round spam span there'll be an invitation there'll be an invitational in Burlington I believe as of right now um, where the top three or four from each division will be invited and then it, then everybody will be playing against the top three or four from each division across the whole province and kind of crown kind of like the, the best in Ontario kind of idea so well I am I'm hugely excited to be a part of that um, I know that I've, I've signed up to help Austin kind of manage things up here. I'm not too sure what that exactly will entail at this point, but we're going to try to show off all of our skills from up here. And really, we're, we're going to put the screws to you guys down south. We, we're, you know what? I'm going to call it right now. We're going to be in the top five at the end. Hey, that's, that, that's what we want. We want, we want more spice down here. Definitely... I definitely encourage even players who, I know, like I said, Austin makes the trek a lot actually throughout the year, but I encourage more people from out in Sudbury and North Bay to come down and, uh, and show us what you guys have to offer. So I know, uh, I know Austin holds it down pretty well down here for you guys, but we definitely want to see more new faces and a hundred percent. We should be coming up to you guys as well. hundred percent. That's why that's why we're making the trek, but we want to see you guys down here more for the uh, for the big events, whether it's Barry Bash or TGX. So we're going to make it happen. Yeah. Well, Chris, thank you so much for joining me today. I, I really appreciated having this chat with you. No, I that pleasure's all mine. It's amazing. I, I uh, I'm really happy. I've been listening to the content, and uh, I definitely like what you guys are doing. And for us down here, supporting your Supporting those who support you is is definitely a priority, and the Subway community has definitely supported the uh, my adventure with Red Leaf Customs uh, overwhelmingly, way past anything I thought I would ever get. So we definitely we appreciate you guys, and I'm glad you guys uh, like our product, and and uh, I'm really glad to be coming up there and playing against some of you guys. Looking forward to it. Well, to everyone else out there, thank you also for listening through. We're going to be coming up shortly with the round pairings. And so stick around to listen to that coming up soon. Um, otherwise, keep on wargaming and keep scoring those primaries. <laughs>